Welcome to Project Bonnie's Prehistory Museum. Here we are able to travel back in time and get a good idea of what ecosystems looked like in any given time in Earth's history. We do it with phytoliths. What are those? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today, along with other types of plant fossils. Strictly speaking, paleobotany is the study of plant evolution. You can do that by tracking the fossil record and looking at when specific plants or even plant parts started to show up, and that looks a lot like paleontology, digging up fossils and studying them. It's good for individual plants, but we want to look at entire ecosystems. Here at Project Bonnie, we don't look for fossils to look back in time like paleontologists. We look back in time like botanists with phytoliths. Let's head over to the Arboretum and get some soil samples. Here in the Arboretum, we not only grow trees, but we also grow all the other plants that grow in and around trees. If we head over to the section dedicated to the northwestern United States, we find a whole host of trees from genuses like Kirkus or Oaks, Acers or the Maple, Picea or Spruce. The list goes on and on. We also find understory plants like Viburnum acerfolium or the Maple Leaf Viburnum. Those plants, along with the insects and animals, make up the ecosystem here. Things will live and die here and never leave a mark that will stand the test of time. However, we have phytoliths on our side. Let's take a soil samples and head back to the lab. While the tech takes a look at the sample, I'll give you a rundown of what a phytolith is. They were discovered by a German scientist named Christian Erdenberg. He originally called them phytolitharia, or plant stones. Eventually, the name was changed to phytoliths. Charles Darwin studied phytoliths on his expedition on the HMS Beagle. He said that in a teaspoon of soil, you could find 17 different kinds of phytoliths. Phytoliths are formed in the margin of cells. Plants take up monosilic acid from groundwater, and during transpiration, it becomes opaline silica that is deposited around the cells of the plant, becoming a negative of those cells. What do we learn from these little fossils, though? Well, first off, phytoliths are known as in situ indicators, meaning they stay where the ancient plant decayed. There is a chance they were moved by other means, but for the most part, if you find a phytolith in an area, that's where that plant was. With this knowledge, this means if you find six or seven different phytoliths, you now have an understanding of what an area's ecosystem looked like. You can learn if it was a desert, jungle, plains, or forest. Phytoliths are also very durable and only decay under harsh conditions. This means they are found in unique places. Let's take a walk over to Project Botany's kitchens and I'll show you. Here in the kitchens, we take orphan plants as we like to call them, or plants that are underused in human society, and see what sort of culinary values they have. However, we are not here to taste pine needle tea. In fact, we are here just to get some muffins. Muffins are made from flour, and flour comes from wheat, a plant that creates phytoliths. When you eat that muffin, you eat the phytoliths, and those phytoliths get stuck in your teeth, and even make it all the way through your digestive system intact. This means by looking at the teeth and droppings of ancient animals and humans, we can find phytoliths from the native plants they were consuming and further piece together the ecosystem individuals lived in and understand what their diet was comprised of. I just got pinged by the soil lab tech, and she says our soil sample is ready to be looked at. So let's head back to the labs. Under a microscope, we see a lot of things in the soil. We see microscopic life, soil particulate, and over here we see a phytolith. We know this phytolith comes from the Aceraceae family, or the maple tree family, and that will line up with the ecosystem we got the sample from. We also find phytoliths from the Viburnum family, which was also in the ecosystem. Now, we may not know what exact species these phytoliths came from, 
But imagine us digging this soil sample out of a layer of soil very deep down and very old. There were no larger fossils to clue us in on what was growing at the time, but with these tino tiny phytoliths in the soil, we are able to guess what was growing such a long time ago and what that ecosystem looked like. I do have to admit though, larger plant fossils are still awesome though. Let's stop by the archives and see what they have there. Here in the archives, we store botanical samples and artifacts that are a little more hardy than tissue samples or seeds. Things like petrified wood, pieces of history, and fossils. Let's pester one of the texts and see if they will let us look at a fossil. With a little coaxing, I was able to get a few fossils. First is a compression fossil. These are created when a leaf or part of a plant finds itself in a place where it is buried in layers of sediment. What happens is the plant decays, but leaves a little imprint, a thin layer of carbon. These fossils are found by splitting rocks and a lot of luck. You also get these kinds of fossils when a larger chunk of tree trunk is buried in sediment, but then decays as the rest of the sediment hardens. This leaves a cast of the trunk that can be filled with other rock. Plant fossils can also be formed like dinosaur fossils. Under specific conditions found in swamps, the cellular structure of a plant can be impregnated with silicates and carbons. This makes a more traditional looking fossil, like the one I've got here. You can see the detail in the veins and even the petiole or the little stem that attaches the leaf to the tree. With the fossils back in the safekeeping of our archive text, we can now end our tour. Thanks for coming with us on our tour today. Now, while you're out and about in your local museum, Take a second to appreciate not only the plant fossils you may find there, but also take a second to look at all the history that has been recorded for us. Then, take a second to record some history yourself. You never know what will happen. Don't forget to look us up on social media or send us an email at projectbotanypodcast at gmail.com with your comments, suggestions, or anything else you'd like to say. You can also look up older episodes on projectbotany.com. And don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Project Botany.